Good morning. We are so glad that you have joined with us this morning to worship our Savior. I just want to encourage you this morning. I know when I received the news that we were not going to be able to meet in the church house for an extended period of time, I began to get discouraged. But then the Holy Spirit reminded me of a time when I was a little girl, and I was praying in my room all by myself, and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he just reminded me this morning that it doesn't matter where we're at. We can still experience him in all of his fullness. So I want to encourage you this morning to stand up with us. Worship our Savior right in your living rooms, right in your homes with your families. Worship him like you would if you were sitting in the church house. Yes, we miss being together, but we can still experience him in a great way right in our own homes. So this morning when Pastor gets up to preach, there's a comment section. And you can go ahead and you can put... Um, like that was a great word or amen or you're stepping on my toes or whatever it is how you normally engage with us. We just want to connect with you this morning. We love you. We miss you. We are praying for you. Welcome to church. Good morning, church. I hope you're at home ready to worship with us this morning. We're excited. We're ready to give God praise today. So stand up and sing with us this morning. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies.
right where you are right now, we just lift up your hands to you and just spend a little time. God, we worship you, Lord. God, right now, in the middle of this, this chaos of it all, God, we seek you, the master. Lord, we worship you, God. Sing it right where you are singing hallelujah, God. begin to prepare our hearts for your word. God, that we will set everything aside right now and we will just focus on you. God, as we open up your word, as we open up the truth, God, let it speak life to us. God, let it be healing to us. God, begin to work on hearts right now. Begin to soften, begin to mold. Lord, so that they can receive. And God, the seed that is planted in your word today, God, let it take root. God, so it can bear fruit upward. We thank you today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord with you. I know. I'm in the house of the Lord, what we normally call, but but right now you're in the house. And, and I trust that you're making your home a sanctuary, that you're making your home a place that God will, will speak to you. So welcome this morning, and we're going to get to his word. Thank you, worship team. If y'all will, don't leave anywhere, but grab a seat on the platform around you, uh, and um, we'll get into the around me, there we go, not, not around you, but just grab a seat around, and y'all pulling closer, y'all can, y'all can get, help me out here, Simon, alright, we're doing things different, 
because we have to. But um, I asked them to stay up here last time, and um, and uh, I liked it because I wanted somebody to preach to. So so I hope that's okay that that y'all stay. I promise I'll do my best to stay the six feet from you. But but you're playing it close. You're 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 getting in this. But I'll I'll try and stay the six six feet away. But um, I just wanna I like somebody that I can preach to. And and, and even though I know you're out there and you're watching, uh, it's hard for me to. I can't see your face. I, I picture it some and. But um, but I like like some people to interact with. So we've been talking uh, ever since the all this has taken place, really focusing on the peace of God. And because how how many during this I know there can't get shows of hands out there too, but how many you find yourself having a hard time having peace right now? I mean, it's tough, isn't it? It's easy to let fear begin to set in and creep in, especially when you hear everything and all these different statistics and all the doomsday reports of what could happen and what will happen and, and, and everything that's taking place. It's hard to have the peace. So we've been going to Philippians, the fourth chapter, where Paul spends a lot of time speaking on peace and in fact let's let's read it and I'm just gonna where I've been with you the for the last two weeks I'm still gonna stay with y'all read a little bit more this time but in verse 6 of Philippians 4 it says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and here's, here's what I love, because when Paul says, be anxious for nothing, he, he says what will happen. He says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Then he goes on, finally, brethren, because he, he's changing our thought pattern. He says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. In other words, he's saying, look, I know there's a lot of stuff you can think about, that, that there's fear all around you, and there's a lot of stuff that can grab your attention uh, but, but he changes it and says, but, but these things I want you to focus on. Whatever is true, whatever is worthy, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is good report, whatever is lovely, these things, these things, think on these things, meditate on these things. And the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace, will be with you. So he went from the peace of God to now the God of peace. 
Because if you've got the God of peace with you, you're going to have the peace of God in you. But, but, but now let, let me get down to verse 11. Because this is what caught me. He, he says this, he says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. That's really what I want to focus on is that be content. That's the area I'm really going to focus on today. And you might, you might feel that being content has nothing to do with faith and it has nothing to do with peace. But I'm telling you, learning to be content has everything to do with the peace in your life. It has everything to do with the faith in your life. Paul, Paul goes on. Very next verse, after he says, says I've learned to, to be content. He says, I know how to be abased. And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then let me skip down to verse 19 to finish it off because Paul's wrapping this, this thought up and he says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But I want to focus on Paul says, Paul says this, he said, I've learned, I have learned. Notice I've learned, because it doesn't come easy. It's not automatic. I've learned in whatever circumstance, in whatever thing I'm going through, whatever trial, I've learned that in every situation to be content. And I always looked at that before, and, and, I've, and I thought, I've kind of taken it wrong, honestly, I think. I really do. Because I've looked at it before, and I've thought, it sounds like Paul's just saying, when, when I think be content, almost sounds like Paul's just saying, you just got to learn to take it. Whatever happens in your life, just kind of go with the flow. Whether it's good or it's bad, you just got to learn how to take it. And, and, and I don't like that. I like the more take charge. I like the more going forward to something. But, but Paul says, look, I've got to learn to be content. And, and he follows this, this thought up. He follows it saying, saying, look, it's almost like he's kind of preparing you for it because the very next verse says, I've learned, to, I've learned what it's like to be full and I've learned what it's like to be hungry. I've, I've had a lot and I've had a little. I've abounded much. I've had hardly anything. And then he he says something that catches me off guard 
Because the very next verse he says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. That's not where I think I should find that verse. Because every time I go and I quote, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength, anytime I'm quoting that, I'm quoting it in a different mindset. I'm quoting it as, as I'm going forward with this. God's given me something deep down. He's given me a passion. He's given me a vision. Uh, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ. He's done something in me. He's given me a purpose. And then I'm quoting this verse like crazy. I can do all things in Christ Jesus who gives me strength. I can do this. I can do this. But Paul uses it in a phrase of saying, I've learned how to be content. I've learned, I've learned how to, in whatever state I'm in, whatever circumstance, I've learned to be content. So, and, and, and I've had a lot, I've had a little, I've, had, I've been hungry, I've been full, I've had all these things. I've learned how to be content because I know I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know what I've been realizing? Content isn't something that makes me weak. Content, learning to be content, is learning to know that where my strength comes from. That's the key of peace. Remember this whole thing. Paul's talking about peace. He starts it off, may, may his peace of God be with you. Follows it up with, so the God of peace can be in you. And, and then it's going Learn, look, here's the keys. You've got to be content because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because my strength in Him is where I learn peace because it's where I learn to be content where I am. See, there's, there's two things. Content goes with being content, not being moved by troubles that come my way. That, that really is the key to being content. Because things don't always go right in my life. How many know what I'm talking about right now? I mean, there's things in your life that's not going right. Nobody planned March. And I'm pretty sure April isn't going like you planned. I'm about positive whenever you said 2020 is going to be my year this isn't what you had in mind but how do you handle it when it's not going just right how do you handle it when you see your retirement going down how do you handle it when you see this is this is my plan I'm going for it and I know at the beginning of the year you were quoting you were quoting I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength because you had a mindset of I'm going forward 
And I don't think you realize it was really a mindset of, I need to learn to be content. Because my content, being content works off of two things. It's knowing where my strength comes from, and it's knowing where my supply comes from. Because Paul said, Paul followed it in saying, in what I've learned, in whatever state I'm in, to be content. Why? Because I know where my strength comes from. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. It's not mine, it's his. And I know where my supply comes from because he finishes it saying, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So, so my supply isn't on the things around me of what I've built up. My supply isn't in my ability. And my strength isn't in my ability. It all is wrapped in Him. And when I learn to be content, it all flows in Him. L let me give you a picture of what this looks like. Because when, when, when I was we're doing this last week, and I, and I was preaching one of the comments on, on YouTube, and I, I hope right now you're just kind of commenting something, letting us know you're out there, whether it's amen or I didn't get that. I don't care. Just comment something. I don't like your hair. I don't care. Hey, nobody's hair is looking good right now. Don't worry about it. Why did they make them not essential? Oh, my goodness. That's going to be rough. But, but in the comments, in the comments, when, when I was preaching on, 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 on separating fact from truth, one of the comments on YouTube was, that reminds me of 2 Kings 6. Aaron Poole, our, our family life pastor, I'll give him credit for it. He, he's the one that sent that. That reminds me of, 2 Kings 6, I was looking at it, which I knew where he was talking about anyway, but I wanted to reread it, and I thought, man, that's also fits in right here. With the knowing your strength and your supply and where it comes from, because let, let me read this, 2 Kings 6, and it's 15 through 17, it says, and when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? I like the question because it's kind of the question that we're kind of asking right now. When, when everything's around and it seems like everything's the pressure of it all, we're feeling trapped. What shall we do? Modern day English. I don't even know what to do. Wish I had an answer. So, so he answered. Elisha here answered and said, here's what you don't do first. Don't fear. In fact, that was his first response because 
because anxiety and fear always comes with when you don't have the answer. It always does. And you don't have the peace when you don't have the answer. You're feeling trapped. You're feeling attacked. And I don't know what to do. So, so Elisha's first response says, do not fear. Here's why. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, this is what he saw, Behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. It's, it's in this moment. He wakes up, and just to let you know what's going on, the king of Syria has decided he's had enough of Elisha. So he has sent army to go and get Elisha. And Elisha in this moment, he's there in this place and they wake up and what the servant wakes up to and what the servant sees uh, is this Assyrian, this army of Syria all around Elisha. All around this city. And he's trapped. He's stuck. There's nowhere to go. He knows they're coming after him. And the servant's questioning, uh, what are we going to do, Elisha? How are we going to get out of this mess? I don't see a way out. It, it looks like it's just going to be trouble from here out. D do you know, I'm trying to paint a picture for you a little bit that you can relate to. Because I think you might be able to right now. Because how many know everything around us right now, it's hard to see a way out of this. It's easy to see how bad things can be. It's easy to see how bad the situation can be. But it's hard to see a way out of it. And you feel trapped and you feel stuck. And a servant of Elisha saying, I don't know what to do. What are we going to do here? We're, we're trapped. And Elisha does something strange. He prays uh, for the servant, but he prays something odd. I'm expecting, uh, I'm expecting, as I read this, I'm expecting uh, Elisha to say, don't fear. Hey, don't fear. I'm about to pray. And begins to pray, God, call fire down from heaven if you got to right now. Because Elisha followed Elijah, and that was Elijah's go-to move. I mean, it was. I mean, there's, there's times when, when Elijah, he didn't just call fire down that one time. There's other times when an army is coming to him and Elijah's, Elijah's calling down fire and the armies are being destroyed. I'm just picturing a, the next move is don't fear. I've got it all under control and begins to pray fire down. But it's not what I hear him pray. He prays something strange. What he prays is, open up his eyes. Open up his eyes so, why? so he can see what I see right now. See, Elisha had an amazing gift as a prophet. 
Elisha had an amazing gift as a prophet that he had this ability to see what no one else could see. He had this ability to see through not his eyes, but even God's eyes. So when when circumstances came up against him, and as the prophet, they always came up against him. There, there's one time, there's one time that that they brought Elisha, and they complained because the water that was around them was poison. And and they're they're what do we do? What do we do? And, and Elisha was, I'll get some salt. And I'll pour it in the, in the water. That makes no sense. I can't drink salt water either. But, but he saw something that we don't see. The salt ended up purifying the water. In the same way that years later when Jesus was on earth, he described you and I and he said, you are the salt of the earth. Why? Because we live in a polluted world and what he's saying is you are the purifying agent in this polluted world that will make this world all work. You are the salt. You are the purifying. And Elisha saw that even before we even realized that. So when he comes to polluted water, he pours in salt in because this will be the purifying agent that cleanses this water. He had an ability to see things. When, 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 one time... When Elisha, this this poor widow woman comes to him, she's about to lose her son. They're they're about to all be just gone off because of debt that the collectors are coming after her sons. And she goes to Elisha and his words to her, because he has an ability to see something that no one else sees, he says, what do you have in your house? And her response was, I've got nothing. I know scripture probably doesn't do it justice. I almost picture him asking her again. Really, you got nothing? What do you got in your house? I got nothing. Really? What do you got in your house? I got nothing. What do you have in your house? I've got nothing except a little bit of oil. All right, you got something I can work with. And Elisha sees that what she saw is nothing. He sees that little bit of something that God will use to pay the debt to get out of the area. He has this ability as a prophet to see what others don't see. So so when this servant comes to him and says, the army's around us. We're trapped. We're going to die. This is the right time to panic, Elisha. This is the moment. This is the time. This is the time to just say your prayers. It's over with. It's the time to panic. There's no hope, Elisha, that his response is, don't fear. God, open his eyes. Open up his eyes so that he can see what what I see. And and it says that, that when he prayed this, 
his eyes were opened and he saw he saw the army of God all around them on the mountaintop. Now, when I read this, I want to confuse it a little bit. I do. I have, because when I picture this, and maybe you're about the same way, I want to picture it as he sees the army, the Syrian army, his eyes are open, and now he can't see the Syrian army because he sees God's army around them. In other, in other words, you know, where, where there's a ring around, and then God's ring is inside, and I'm surrounded, I'm protected by God, so the army can't get to me. You know what? Because that's really how I want my life to be as a Christian. I'll never have to go through anything. Because God's army's protecting me. And it's between me and my afflictions. It's between me and what can come my way. This army of God is is surrounding me and now the enemy can't touch me. I'm, I'm guarded. I'm protected. Uh, and the enemy has no claim. Uh, they cannot touch me because God's army's around me. But, but it's not how he saw it. It wasn't that the army was around them uh, and now the Syrian army couldn't get to him. Uh, it was that God's army was surrounding uh, the Syrian army. still puts me in the middle of it. I don't like being in the middle of it. I don't. Maybe you get this. It put them still in the middle of it all. They're still surrounded. There still looks like there's no way out. So how is it that I'm still not fearing because all of a sudden I realize that even what is surrounding me, God is still in control of. Oh, you know, if the house was full, there would have been some amens right then. That, that the army that's around me, the attack that's around me, the circumstances are around me, it still is surrounded by my God. It's still in control of my God, that my God still has the last say, my God still has the say of what's happening in me, so I can be content, I can have strength, I can have supply, because I know He is it all. He is in control of every situation around me, even if I'm in the middle of it, He's still in control of it. Because He's surrounding. He is surrounding even my problems. I can sleep at night knowing my God still has it under control. But do you notice where he looks? Here's the key. 
And this is why, I'm, this has been my whole prayer that I've been thinking. Is God, God, don't, don't take care of it how I think you ought to take care of it. Because heaven forbid I be God. And your thoughts are greater than my thoughts. Thank goodness. And your ways are higher than my ways. Thank goodness. Trust me, we would all be in trouble if I was God. We would all be in trouble if you were God. That wouldn't work either. But I can sleep because I know he's God. So my prayer has been lately, God let me open my eyes so that I see he's still in control. God, God, just open my eyes so that I see you in the midst of it all. Because right now, right now, everywhere I look, if I'm not careful, I see trouble. Everywhere. If I scan around, it's just trouble all around me. There's no good reports coming out. So if I'm just looking, I see nothing. Maybe, maybe we've got to learn to change the direction of our look because you know where they were? In the mountains that surrounded the city. God's army was up here when the Syrian army was down here. God's army was in the mountains. I've got to look up a little bit so I can see him. Some of us, our problems is that we're still looking down and all we see is the trouble and God's saying, get your head up a little bit. If you get your head up, you'll see I'm above it all. If you get your head up, you'll see I'm still in control of it all. If you get your head up, you'll see me over and around it and covering it. If you'll just raise up your head and look and open your eyes, you'll see me in the mountains above it. In control of it. That's why David said this in Psalms 121. He said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. We can learn. We can learn that if all I'm doing is here, if all I'm doing is focusing on the problems, that's why Paul said, get your thoughts on something else. If all I'm seeing is this level, I will always find myself trapped. But if I can get up a little bit and I can look above it a little bit and I can look to him a little bit and I can stare at him, I can get a peace within me because I know he's in control. He's my strength. He's my supply. And even in the middle of a pandemic, I can have peace around me because I know who is in control of it all. And there's a content that comes with me. If I can just focus up. See, when I focus down, it's who I can fight. 
and I get peace. Because if my focus is on my strength, unless it's my own kids, and the older they get, I'm not even sure about that. I'm in trouble. But if I, now, now my focus is his strength. Now, now my focus isn't what I've done, my supply, my ability, my money. Now it's, oh my God, shall supply all my according to his riches in glory. My God. My Elvis, it's not it's not what we're facing that's our problem. It's that we're not looking above it. We're not seeing him in it. You know, Paul Paul made a statement later that I think is so key and so so viable. He says this in 2 Corinthians. He said, when, when Paul was struggling with a moment, when Paul was struggling with a weakness in his life, and he had prayed and he had prayed, God, take this from me. I don't like the weakness. I can't handle this. I don't like what I'm facing and what I'm dealing with, I don't know about this says this and he said to me, in other words, God answered back to him my grace is sufficient for you here's why for my strength is made perfect in weakness Not, not, not your strength. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So Paul goes on, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my affirmities. That seems odd. Paul changed his whole mindset. I will boast in my infirmities. I will boast boast in my trials. I will boast in my weakness. I will boast in my failures. I will boast in this moment when I don't think I can do anything. I will boast that the power of Christ may rest need some rest. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul saying, here's the key. We'll worship a little bit. Get our focus somewhere else. Paul's saying, Paul's saying, if it's in my ability, 
I'm going to have fear. If it's in my supply, I'm going to have sleepless nights. I'm going to have failures. If it's in me, there's no hope. But if it's in his strength and his supply, then I've got some peace. So I'm going to focus, not, not here. I'm going to look to the hills, like, like David said. Because my God's always above it, so I'm not going to focus down here. I'm going to look to the hills from where my help, my help comes from. Here's, here's my prayer right now for, for everyone. Well, right, right where you're at, I know it's home, but still. allow God to speak to you. I'm afraid our question has been what do we do? What do we do? It doesn't look good. What, what do we do? We're in the middle of it. What do we do? I don't know if I can make it. What What do we do? What if this happens? What What do we do? And hear the voice of God as He speaks through the prophet. Don't fear. Whatever you do, don't let fear take over. What Whatever you do, don't don't let that happen. Don't fear. And I pray this prayer to you right now in the same way God opened their eyes. Let them look above it, God. Let them see that you are still in control. That God, even in the middle of it, if we just open our eyes, we'll see you in the midst of it all. You're still working. You're still moving. And God, it doesn't matter when I look internally at what I can accomplish because God, I know that in you, I've got a strength that's going to come out of me. Not my strength, but your strength that will get me through it. And God, it's not my supply, but your supply that will get me through it. So God, open my eyes that I see you. Open their eyes, God. Open their eyes, God. In Jesus' name. Oh, Yeah.
I speak this blessing over you. I call forth praises for the unemployed. I call forth jobs, meaningful jobs, with good pay and benefits. Things that have been held up in the court, such as your inheritance, godly settlements, and other legal matters be settled in Jesus' name so you may have what is rightfully yours without any further delay. Those of you who are in your living as entrepreneurs or those who work in sales and commissions, I speak that God's favor be upon you so that deals and opportunities still will come your way. I call forth praises and bonuses to those who need them. I speak that you find money unexpectedly and that unexpected checks will come in the mail right out of nowhere as a gift from heaven just for you. I speak the word increase over you. I speak abundance to overtake you. Such abundance that you miraculously come out of debt so that the stress of those debts release your mind and that God's peace will return to you quickly. I now release God's blessings to go forth for you and your family because this is your covenant blessing. So I bless you in Jesus' holy name. And if you receive it right where you're at, will you say amen? Go ahead, give to him as we continue to worship him. Hallelujah, Lord. 